The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Bors and Isabel Hardman. So today the Standards Committee of the House of Commons has released a report into Chris Pincher's behaviour this time last year now, Katie, and they've advised an eight-week suspension. Tell us about why, you know, why is it coming a year on and what is the significance of this? I think these reports take time and obviously, um, as you allude to the Chris Pincher scandal which was obviously allegations of inappropriate behavior groping is what prompted Boris Johnson's downfall Partygate the Owen Patton effect even before Partygate was probably the the thing that started to really change how the party saw Boris Johnson but it was when this incident occurred Chris Pincher being a close ally of Boris Johnson and then what was seen to be the mishandling in number 10 of the complaints of you know cavalier comments but also in terms of sanctions against him that lots of MPs decided they, it was the final straw they had enough and started to resign en masse so the report ultimately by the standards committee says that his completely inappropriate behaviour was an abuse of power and as a result suggests an eight week common suspension now that means that he will be open to a recall petition if you get 10% of the constituencies then at that point you had to by election so we don't definitely know there's going to be a by-election but if you just look at any recent events like this it's very very likely that Rishi Sunak will be facing his fifth by-election because you have three by-elections on the 20th of July you have Nadine Doris in mid-Bedfordshire should she ever actually decide to officially resign she's still thinking over her options uh, her reasons changing depending on the day as to why she's holding that up and then of course you have this one and the constituency Tamworth I think it's a majority around 19,000 so in an election, you, it would be something the Tories be hoping to keep. In a by-election, much trickier. And also there's an added complication, which is leading to some anger amongst Tory MPs, because just a few weeks ago, they selected a candidate for Tamworth, which is the current sitting MP, Eddie Hughes, because his seat goes in the Boundary Commission, and therefore he's moving to this seat, which is a safe seat, and I think changes slightly in the Boundary Commission. So now they have a dilemma, which is... <laughs> If Eddie Hughes is to be the by-election candidate, he would have to resign from his current seat, therefore sparking a by-election in that seat, which is an even worse, I think, (laughs) looking in terms of majorities, or he stays put, and therefore they have to find some by-election candidate. And I think it's something that Isabel's um, written about in the past is MPs who come through by-elections don't have the best experience because you get a lot of attention. It's quite an unappetizing prospect um, a lot of the time. So they have to find someone who wants to stand in a by-election, but then probably wouldn't be allowed to stand at the next election. Because then it would be Eddie Hughes. Exactly. So even if they do somehow manage to stop the by-election defeat, um, they'd just have, you know, what what was it, potentially a year in this current parliament, which isn't the most cheery for any current Tory MPs, let alone this one knowing you're definitely losing your seat. It's about how do they get into this mess? I mean, <laughs> as, as we've said, you know, Chris Pincher was um, accused of these misconducts a year ago. Yeah. So you could have probably guessed that he'd lose his seat at some point. I mean, he's already been expelled from the party. But yeah, why would you pick a sitting MP to be that candidate? 
Yeah, I mean, th- this is a really good question about how this happened. And there has been this scrabble within the party from existing MPs whose seats are being abolished in the boundary changes to get seats. I, I mean, it-, it is amazing that they've been taken so by surprise by the pincher one. I mean, the you know, Nigel Adams's resignation happened only just after they'd selected the candidate in his seat, for instance. And so... Fortunately for, for them, they hadn't selected another MP to fight that one. And so, you know, this is this is going to be really, really tricky for them. And they've just got so many by-elections to contend with. As, as Katie says, they're hugely bruising for the person who gets thrust into the spotlight because obviously all the national attention that is in a general election spread over 600 constituencies gets focused on you, one candidate, and you end up under huge pressure basically to say absolutely nothing at all. They try to pick the most boring people. So Robert Jenrick, his nickname is Robert Generic. He came up through a by-election and there's a reason he has a, a certain sort of um, personality uh, because it's it's the safe by-election archetype, basically. My understanding at the moment is that the Conservatives think they do have a chance of holding Selby, which is Nigel Adams's mm. old seat, and... MPs are now being told to go to that by-election rather than Uxbridge or or any of the others to sort of throw all their resources and concentrate their resources at that one seat just so Rishi Sunak can say, well, look, you know, we held one uh, even while the rest of the, the House of Cards uh, falls apart. But it is, it, it is a really exhausting position for a party to be in. And not just for the Conservatives, actually. This is a problem that the Lib Dems are having. Mm. They love fighting by-elections, but maybe not as many as they've now got to, to deal with. And they've put a lot of pressure on themselves to, to do well in particular seats. But actually, you know, the polling shows that even in seats where they'd hope to do really well, like mid-Bedfordshire, Labour are currently doing better. So there's real pressure on all of the parties and all of their structures and uh, resources. And Isabel, just on that, what sort of person would you have to be to be the Robert Jenrick of this by-election? Because you can't even keep the seat at the general election most likely. So is, is it a good move if you are a prospective Tory candidate to be kind of show willing or is it just masochism? I mean, I think there's a huge amount of masochism in going into <laughs> politics anyway. So you've already got a, a sub-selected group of people who, for some reason... High tolerance for pain and humiliation. <laughs> yeah, and for, you know... And, and dis- glory. And, and glory. glory tinged with a dysfunctional family life. And You know, Mari Black, when she announced this week she was quitting, did put her finger on it which is that parliament is one of the unhealthiest places you can possibly be and so I suppose if you're going to have a miserable by-election that sort of sets you up for a miserable life as well look I think if you did have somebody who was selected for that seat you'd have to have some kind of moving around of poor Eddie Hughes <laughs> um, to another seat. his Facebook page I know you just think of the social media disruption this is going to cause him but look there, there are lots of other seats that are still coming up for selection um so you could have a, a moving around of, of various parts behind mm. the scenes. And Isabel, the report itself is quite damning. You know, you've got these witness statements of these young men who claim to have been groped by Chris Pincher and, you know, that the impact has had on them emotionally since then. What happens next with this case, just in terms of Pestminster? Does he have to resign or do we have to wait for him to voluntarily resign? So... Immediately after the allegation was reported last summer, Chris Pincher stepped down as government deputy chief whip 
and that was actually cited in the report as a sign that he had taken some responsibility mm. for his actions as well as cooperating with these investigations uh, so it was the parliamentary commissioner for standards who made the report and then the standards committee then followed from that which is one of the reasons this process has taken so long in the meantime while these investigations were taking place Pincher said he would not be seeking re-election so it was already clear that he wasn't going to be trying to go on forever in, in politics now what happens now we have the verdict of the standards committee because it is a suspension of much longer than the threshold of 10 days or more which can trigger a recall petition what can either happen is that Chris Pincher quits Immediately, Mm -hmm. therefore triggering the by-election himself. He said that because he only received the report this morning at 8am, he needs more time to digest its contents and to think about his next step. So he hasn't said either way whether he'll do that. Or there'll be this recall petition in his constituency. So really the question is, how soon will a by-election come Mm. rather than will there be a by-election pretty much? And Katie, meanwhile, Labour is trying to set out a store for government a bit more clearly. Keir Starmer today gave a speech very much about education. Yes, and this is ultimately part of the mission on opportunity because Keir Starmer has set out his five missions and is now doing these events, lots of time in between them to try and f- put flesh on the bones. I think what was trailed overnight and is probably the I think it's got the most attention so far is speaking skills key to break class barriers says Keir Starmer and this is the idea that you would make it so schools when they are teaching have to focus just as you do on writing and reading also on speaking and the way Keir Starmer is talking about this is suggesting that having the confidence to do that almost something which uh, you're more likely to expect from those at private school than state school equips you better going into the workplace and, and therefore uh, putting it as a, as a core thing going forward is also something one of his senior advisors, Peter Hyman, has been pushing for a very long time and now, of course, is bringing in as a Labour policy. So it's not something, I think it's fair to say, it's not a Keir Starmer personal vision so much as someone he obviously is close to and trusts and obviously chose to hire is, is theirs. So it's something he wants to incorporate, but it's very much something that we already knew one of his advisors had a very strong opinion of, but now they're saying as policy. And the other thing, of course, that happened when it came to this launch today is it got hijacked by protesters. And this is about the £28 billion borrowing, which Rachel Reeves has delayed. So it won't happen in you know, the first year of a Labour government. And that's all her be criticised by many for pledging it in the first place on the Tory side. But this was actually a taste of those who say you're scaling down your environment plans. Is the protest bad for Keir Starmer? I'm interested what Isabel thinks about this too. I think there's some around Keir Starmer who quite like it when it shows that he's taking a firm stance Mm. he's not always leaning to what the voices on the left that you might expect when you have stories about how members of Ed Miliband's team have been lawyers for Extinction Rebellion you know that can also be seen as and also all the caveats with that about the specific work they did but that can be seen as I think more of a headache than actually this happening and saying well we're going to do the financially responsible thing no matter what someone tells us so I don't think it's so bad in that sense I think there is a question which is if you are on the left and you are fed up of what you think is a Tory light Labour Party which is compromising on lots of issues that you care very strongly about is there a point you suddenly vote green those rankist armor actually think you can push it quite far and that doesn't happen <laughs> but that would be a test I think with some of these things Isabel 
Yeah, I think, as Katie says, there's definitely a tendency within the leader of the opposition's office to enjoy appointed and almost scripted fight with people. I mean, he was doing his broadcast round this morning when he was asked about this um, on Times Radio and he said, you know, I can't wait for them to just stop. And I can't believe that that was a spontaneous line <laughs> from the Labour leader. And so, you know, as Katie says, it, it, it probably overall is viewed as being helpful. I think it's really interesting how far he might go on this class ceiling, as he calls it, issue. It's obviously one of the more personal of his missions. He did, up to a fault, actually leave Ed Miliband, for instance, to get on with the net zero policy, was very happy for Wes Streeting to develop the NHS policy. Um, But this is something that he has personally crafted with Bridget Phillipson, who he rather ominously described today as our current shadow education secretary. Now, I think what he was trying to say in a generous interpretation was one day she will be our education right. secretary in government rather than she's got weeks to live <laughs> um, politically because there is obviously a Labour reshuffle looming. But yes, the two of them have worked together very closely on this and there is an appetite in Labour to go much further than just... And I don't underestimate the importance of this, teaching state school pupils to uh, feel confident in articulating themselves, but also to look at the workplace and how many working class people are being hired by companies and whether that's something that a future Labour government would want to mandate. Isabel and Katie, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. Do join us again tomorrow.